Hello, and welcome to the podcast that helps you win the race Christ has marked out for you. Men want to succeed at everything they do. That's why we do this podcast. They want to know which hill to take. They want a clear target on the wall so they can focus their masculine energy on it. When it comes to spiritual things, they want to, like Paul, forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead, to press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If we are going to strive to obey God's command to fathers to bring our children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, what are the goals we need to press on toward? This episode gives guys a concrete game plan with specific objectives to strive to achieve. Thanks for joining us today for Season 1, Episode 36 of Mission Focused Men. My name is Gary Yeagle. This episode begins on a bit of a personal note. I grew up in a Bible-believing church, for which I'm grateful, but I watched most of the elders' kids turn away from following Christ. As a result, I was terrified that this would happen to me when I went into ministry. When our family started with four children born to us in three and a half years, yes, we do have twins, I was panicked. I knew enough about life to realize that when you aim at nothing, that is what you hit. I needed to have a game plan for training our kids into godly character. I knew I needed to regularly review the plan myself and regularly speak with my wife, maybe on our date nights and especially at least once a year on vacation. This episode is a compilation of my reading and learning over 25 years and by no means perfect, but it's a starting point for dads. And even if you're single, childless, or have raised your kids, I think you will find this picture of spiritual growth to be helpful. So here we go with the character development training plan that is part of something that we have sold in the past called the Focus Notebook. Number one, teach them attentiveness. This is a prerequisite to obedience. When speaking to your child, always require him to look you in the eyes. Teach him to listen carefully to you and others. Teach him to listen carefully to God's voice heard through his conscience. Number two, teach them obedience by setting limits. Toddlers need to know that painful punishment will follow if they go beyond the limit. Limits begin in infancy with learning not to touch. No means no. Disobedience is punished by a light slap on the hand. Limits begin to kick in formally during the toddler years as children learn they are not the boss. Limits continue throughout childhood and even into the teen years, though the teen should need fewer limits because he's learning to regulate his own behavior. Limits teach children they are not entitled to whatever they want. Limits give children the structure they need to feel secure. Whatever level of obedience you demand, they will eventually live up to. If you say, come, and they know that they will be punished if they don't instantly come, they will learn immediate obedience. Number three, teach them contentment. Contentment is realizing that God has already provided everything I need for my present happiness. Teach kids who are bored that they are responsible for their own happiness. 
Teach them that fulfillment comes through love relationships. First, loving God and basking in his love, and then learning to love and be loved by others. Number four, teach them the principle of sowing and reaping, that behavior has consequences. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Praise children's positive attitudes and behavior. Help them see the benefits of their positive attitudes and behavior. Help them see the relationship between bad attitudes or behavior and negative consequences. Be firm in your discipline. Otherwise, you undermine the learning of this critical biblical principle. Number five, teach them responsibility. A good definition of responsibility is recognizing and doing what both God and others are expecting of me. A child should be given small tasks that he is responsible for, even as a preschooler. Your child must take responsibility for his attitudes, including anger. He made me so mad is excusing anger instead of taking responsibility for it. Your child must take responsibility for his own behavior as well as his attitudes. Even if he accidentally hurts someone, he's still responsible even if he did not intend to harm that person. So he should feel badly about that pain. Number six, teach them truthfulness. Teach them that God is the God of truth and that Jesus is the truth. That is how important it is for Christians to be truthful. Teach them the high cost of lying. You might consider planning your punishments and consequences so that the most severe punishment is for lying, and they get a lighter punishment, not a complete pass, but a lighter punishment if they tell the truth. Never shame your child over his sins or mistakes because the pain of shame is motivation to lie. Number seven, teach the principle of ownership and boundaries. A child should have things that belong to him. He should not be forced to share them with his friends. A better approach is to say, John, Billy's coming over today. Are there some toys you would rather not play with while Billy's here? We will put them up in the closet. Now, what toys would you like to share with Billy? Ownership implies taking care of possessions. Ownership of his body means that no one else is to touch his private parts. Teach kids how to actually say, no, you may not touch me there. No, my mommy and daddy said it's wrong to pull your pants down in front of other people. Eight, teach him to recognize the difference between the things he can control and can't control. He can't control the fact that the swimming trip got rained out, but he can control whether he stays in a bad mood all day because of it. Children must learn to adapt to reality, which is the definition of mental health, instead of expecting reality to conform to them, which is the definition of mental illness. Teach older children that they must respect the boundaries of younger, weaker children. Be sensitive to your child's attempt to manipulate you. 
Maintain strong boundaries yourself. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated into reducing the consequences for your child's negative behavior. Reinforce the fact that he can control how hard he works on the science project, pleasing God and you by that hard work, even though he can't control whether or not he will win first place. Teach him how to respectfully appeal to one in authority when he disagrees with a decision that has been made. Teach him to go for it where he has control and to let it go when he doesn't have control over a situation. Number nine, teach him respect for others. To change his mindset from it's all about me to I'm not the only one who matters. As a family member, he needs to respect the rights of other family members, so he can't leave his shoes in the family room. He also needs to learn to respect the property of others. Help him begin to put himself in the shoes of others. Ask how he thinks others feel when he treats them badly. Good table manners, for example, uh, in fact, manners in general, are a reflection of our respect and consideration for others. Teach him that he is not to talk to his mother or father in a disrespectful manner. Orderliness is also the result of respecting the rights of others who live in the same house. Number 10, teach him gratefulness, making known to God and others in what ways they have benefited his life. Help him see that as sinners, we deserve punishment, not the enormous blessing we have received in Christ. Model gratefulness. Talk often about the many undeserved blessings for which you are grateful. Teach him to begin his prayer time with thankfulness. Prompt him sometimes to remember some of the things to be thankful for. You want to undermine an entitlement mentality, an attitude of discontent that expects to be given to instead of expecting to give. Remind your child that God says, to whom much is given, much is required. Number 11, and you can see that this is sort of increasing in its, in its depth of character. Number 11 is teach him how to cope with pain. Remember that pain is required for your child's growth. Resist the temptation to rescue him from it. Good pain is the pain of consequences that have resulted from bad choices. Always be compassionate. Say to your child, it really hurts you, doesn't it? Validate the pain. Be empathetic. But don't continually rescue your child from the pain. Or he won't internalize the character lessons. He will not learn from it. Part of the pain he endures will teach him that the world isn't always fair and will require him to learn to forgive. Help your child see that life is not about avoiding pain. Any worthwhile endeavor will require him to experience some pain. The key to handling good pain is to make it an ally. Responding to pain in a godly way is a major part of maturing. Be alert to pain that can harm. This is the pain of abandonment lack of love, repeated blows to his or her self-esteem. Here your child needs protection. If kids are to become healthy, parents have to learn the difference between healthy pain and destructive pain. If they remove healthy pain, that's rescuing, and their child will remain emotionally immature. 
But if they don't remove destructive pain, their child will end up injured. Number 12, help him move towards maturity in his motivations. Initially, obedience may result from a fear of the consequences. At this stage, the child needs to see clearly that the consequences are the result of his bad choices, not the result of an enraged parent. As you set limits for your children, you're training their conscience. This immature conscience will mature as your child learns from your example, from reality, and from Scripture. Over time, your child internalizes these factors and a more mature conscience is formed. As a child is internalizing the biblical limits you have set, he must move from the because daddy said so to a biblical understanding of the principles upon which Christian ethics are based. During this stage, parents need to major on explaining the reasons why. Some degree of freedom also needs to be given to teens in order for this maturing process to be complete. As your child continues to grow, he will move beyond the ethical question of right and wrong to the motivation of love, loving God and loving others. Number 13, help him cultivate the quality of initiative. Taking the initiative means recognizing and doing what needs to be done before one is asked to do it. Generally speaking, at the root of every lazy kid is an enabling parent, a parent who never lets his child suffer the consequences of his laziness. Taking initiative also means recognizing that you have a lot to offer. So help him discover his spiritual gifts and other aptitudes along with the conviction from Ephesians 2.10 that he was perfectly designed for good works that God planned for him before he was born. A major cause of passivity in kids is an entitlement attitude. They have succeeded at demanding and getting special treatment. So help your child take initiative to shoulder his own load. This will strengthen his character and mature him. If laziness continues to be a serious problem, you will have to make passivity more painful than activity. Number 14, help him cultivate healthy horizontal relationships. One of the most important principles in relationships is direct communication and full disclosure of what is going on in relationships. Indirect communication, sometimes called triangulating, is destructive. Life is better when relationships are lived out in the light. Most of the time, things are better when they are in the open, even if these things are negative and hurtful. So be sure you model forthrightness in your relationships, especially your relationship with your spouse and child. Help your child overcome the fears that make him avoid confrontation. Help him learn to speak the truth courageously in love. Well, how's that for a parenting game plan? Don't get overwhelmed. It takes years and years to teach all this, and we still don't fully succeed. But may this material provide focus for you so that at the end of your race, entitled Being a Dad, you hear your master whisper in your ear, Well done. Well done. I entrusted these children to you and you have raised them up in the nurture and admonition of me. 
for the printed summary of this episode, those 14 points, you can go to my website, www.forgingbonds.org, where you will find the written blog version of this podcast entitled, Raising Kids Up in the Way They Should Go Takes a Plan. Feel free to download a printed version of these 14 points to the Character Development Training Plan so that you can discuss them with your wife or perhaps give them to your grown children who are parents. For further prayerful thought, number one, when you put the lens of this material over the discipline problems that you've seen in children, what do you think most parents do wrong? Number two, what stood out to you most about this training plan? What do you most want to remember about the material? Preferably consider what part of it might be applicable to you, including possibly recommending the character training plan in printed version or recommending the five message podcast series on fatherhood, episodes 32 to 36, to a young father. Next week, we begin a new series entitled How to Maximize Our Impact on Those Around Us. For further information about our ministry, go to forgingbonds.org. And if this podcast has been helpful to you, don't forget to tell other Christian men about a podcast that helps them stay focused on their mission from Christ by inspiring them each week while they commute or work out. <laughs>